Hello, how's it going guys? Welcome back to another episode of CFC Talk Podcast. As always, we're joined by the usual hosts, Alex and Mark, alongside myself as we discuss the Man United game and then the Liverpool game after that. Maybe a few yawns in between after looking at another goalless draw and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going away, getting away with another draw against a top six team uh, and Thomas Tuchel as reported by a few journalists inside the bridge, swearing at his players at the end of full time. Um, yeah, let, let's get right into it. But before we do that, make sure to leave a like, rating, subscribe. As you guys know, as we mentioned it, the la- as we've been mentioning it the last few episodes, we do get a lot of views, and a lot of our new viewers, which come in, are not subscribing and liking our videos. So make sure you do that if you're listening on an audio platform. Then make sure to add it to your playlist. And yeah, let's get right into it. Alex, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? How's how's your week been? We've we've we were meant to record on Monday, and then we both got busy. How's your week been? It's been an interesting week. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was more uh, concerned about my interview yesterday or doing this podcast for a nil-nil draw. It was quite, yeah. I mean, interesting game, to be fair. But, I mean, with some good performances from the team, I was quite especially happy to see Chilwell come back into the team and look pretty solid, I think. And he's just a fresher breath air from um, Alonso, so... Yeah, it was nice to see him back, but there were also some and some other good performances all round. But at the end of the day, we we have this one big issue at Chelsea at the moment, and it's combination of well, actually one big. Oh well, I've just done a knack and fen where I've said, oh, we have one thing, and then it's actually two things. <laughs> but it's a uh, yeah, <laughs> creating good chances and just being able to finish. I mean, Ziyech had the good chance, I think, at the start of the second half where Joe put a good cross in and he just and he tested the hit, but not enough. But yeah, we're just not that threatening in attack at the moment. And I'm quite worried about the Liverpool game as a result, but looking forward to it still. Yeah, hopefully it's not another goalless draw or else Chelsea fans will not be very happy. Um, Mark, how's your week been? Um, Chelsea, another draw? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a good week so far, but uh, it started with the Chelsea draw, so... <laughs> it didn't start too good. I mean that that game was very very disappointing. We could have. We... I love, I love the wording there. <laughs> it's been a good week, but it started with a Chelsea draw. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, it it was it was a disappointing draw, very very disappointing draw because I felt like we were better on the day, especially in the second half. The first half, I think both teams were very very sloppy in in their passes. Where they were both were losing possession quite easily. But the second half, I think we were far better than them. We had we we were we were threatening, uh, uh, their goalposts more than more than they were. But again, our issues have always been, um, taking chances or um, scoring our chances, and it was very very clear in the game that we weren't doing that. We were getting so many chances in there when we didn't put even one away. But I mean. I, I felt like we could win. We could win. We 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 had the upper hand. We could easily win that game. But in the end, we couldn't really do anything with our chances, and we came up with that draw, which was very disappointing. Because in the fact that West Ham lost, and then Leicester also lost, so we had a chance to close the gap between us and Man United to three points, but we didn't, and we just went uh, went away with that draw, which was uh, to be honest, it felt like a loss. It, we we drew, but it felt like it felt like a loss because. They were there for the taking, and we didn't. We didn't take advantage of the situation. Yeah, and I think most of that advantage is not coming from the final third. 
Um, I think we discussed this a few podcasts ago as well, how Chelsea are so dominant in defence and in the midfield. Even though I think with, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, and Tuchel, it was kind of just like a tactical battle between them in the midfield. And, I, and if I'm if I'm not wrong, then most of the ball, most of the time, the ball was in the midfield area, either in Man United's half or Chelsea's half. But Alex, it's always that pass from the midfield to the final third, and then we just somehow screw it up with maybe doing too much and at times doing too little. Um, is there a solution that we just keep hearing at the moment from Tuchel that yeah, we're working on it, we're working on it? How long before maybe we? At the moment, yes, you can see Tuchel's unbeaten, but then. What's the point of being unbeaten if we're not closing the gap again, uh, as we, didn't, we weren't able to do against Man United? Well, I'll say firstly that, I mean, attacking-wise, I'm really not sure why. It, if um, Tuchel anticipated Man United to be quite, or to be at us and we needed some pace, well, and hence picking Chilwell, why he didn't pick Timo Werner instead of Giroud, I'm really not sure. Because... Yeah, they, Man United pressed us really highly, particularly in the first half. And Timo, having Werner on the end of, to kind of run in behind of them would have been really helpful. So I think he only got introduced, he got introduced quite late on into the game, I think. So, and yeah, that kind of contributed to not really being able to do much. Drew it up against their centre-backs. I uh, couldn't really, I mean, Drew was all right. He didn't play that great, I thought, but... Yeah, in terms of the final ball, I think a lot of it, I mean, we need Kai Havertz back in the team. You saw how against Man City, I think it was a good ball from Chilwell who put through Havertz and then Havertz put a really good cross in for Cho to then score. So, yeah, we just need more of that. We need we need Havertz to start, I think. And Ziyech has not been really playing that well at all recently, especially in the first half. Nothing was happening for him. But, I mean... He's just not been putting, yeah, Ziyech's not been really at it. He's not putting in those balls that we saw in, like, I think the first game that he played, the pre- the kind of preseason game against Brighton. He was doing it then, but we just don't see enough of his far post crosses. But I guess there weren't really in that many runs for him to work off. So like, a lot of it is movement, I think, as well. We need to move, at, but then also it's, yeah, we need Kai Havertz back in the team to kind of give us some more intelligence in attack. And but at the same time, you could say that if we play Havertz, then we can't have Ziyech, we can't have a right winger. So I guess it's kind of attributed to the three at the back that we play at the moment and how we sacrifice essentially another attacking midfielder to get this defensive solidity. And we're not gonna we're not gonna become more solid. Well, sorry, we're not gonna become better in attack. I think in the current system, but I don't know if it's the right way to idea to change it necessarily, but. Kai Havertz definitely needs to be get, getting back into the team to improve our creativity, at least, and finish it. Mark, a lot of the debate that's been happening on social media is that the fact that when Chelsea do line up and when they walk on the field, we've essentially got almost seven to eight defensive players, especially when we line up with Kovacic and Kante, uh, Kovacic and Jorginho, and we've only got three attacking players, three players who can really create those chances, which can be which can trouble the opposition and and um, convert those troubles or those chances into goals is is this is it the system's fault where we're where we've essentially become so good defensively but when it comes to attacking and scoring we we struggle i'm out of you there <laughs> oh, sorry sorry i i muted myself on the headset 
Yeah, I think the, the the defensive nature of our team is a result of last season. The way we leaked so many goals at the back, we were kind of like a little bit good up top, I think, last season than, than, than this season. And then, um, but we were leaking so many goals at the back. So I think the main priority during the summer was to fix the defensive issues. And then now we fixed it to a point that now our attack is also um, lacking. So I think the next point now is to check the attack and, and get players in that can actually bury chances and create chances. I think we have them. We have those players, but I think they are not yet delivering at the level that we all expected that they would deliver yet. So I think probably next season we might see them um, um, do those, live up to the, the, the level that we've all expected. But with the defensive nature of the team, I think for the United game, I think it was a bit necessary because they are very good on the counter. So once they are good on the counter, we need defensive players in the middle like Kante and Kovacic. I don't think Jorginho would have probably handled... I don't even think they had that many counter-attacks, but I don't think Jorginho would have handled Bruno Fernandes as well as Kante did. He actually pocketed the guy. And he couldn't do anything the whole the whole um, game. I, I even think Bruno Fernandes isn't really a, a big game player. Especially in the Premier League, he hasn't really done anything to threaten any big team this season. He's been excellent for them, although, but I think with the teams out of the top six, he, he hasn't really, like the traditional top six teams in England, he hasn't really done anything to threaten any any of those sides. But, I mean, it was the defensive nature was good. And we, we still had chances, like with this and other other games that we've played, it's not like it's not that we don't have chances. We still create chances, but they are not. We are not burying them. That is the issue. Like the defense. I don't know that you guys have seen that meme about. Um, I think the the car meme that shows like um, a defense. The defensive part is the Ferrari. The middle is like a Toyota Corolla, and then the the. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you seen you seen yeah. that thing. Yeah, that's how it looks now. Like it looks opposite right now we got last season it was the opposite like the front was rather better than the back but now the back is way better than the front and it's it's crazy we 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 technically we should be scoring a lot of goals with players like Ziyech, Werner, Havertz, Mount, Giroud, Tami we should be scoring a lot of goals in in games we should be burying games we should be killing games by four or five goals but it's 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 not happening like that. It's like we are more concerned in defending or maintaining a one nil lead or something than going in and scoring. I think that's what affected us. And even the second half, it it gets the it gets to the end of the game. It looked like the players were settling for a draw, and that even annoyed me even more because you could realize that they weren't even pressing anymore. They were rather maintaining possession, and both teams were doing the same thing that happened in the first leg and. I don't know. I think things have to change. And I think the way things will change is if we get a player, like we discussed last season, like last week, if we get a player that can actually score goals, somebody who is hungry for goals, like a Haaland or a Lukaku, those kind of players can actually open the midfield. So the chances that come through, we can bury them and then get more goals up top. I think, I think, I think we've seen people use stats to analyze play players and then there's people who use arrows and descriptions and drawings to show show uh, show off players and then you've got Mark who uses memes but you know that's that's the best part <laughs> <about it. laughs> yes, you know. 
<laughs> no. Um, I, I agree with you. I mean, who would have thought at the start of the season, if, if you would have told me at the start of the season, players like Rodrigo Christensen and Asby in a back three would be keeping clean sheets, while players like Ziyech, Kai Havertz, um, Timo Werner would be on the bench. And even if they did come on, they wouldn't have a good performance. I'd, I'd look at you and say you have zero knowledge of football. And I guess, I guess it's, it's yeah, it's, it's very surprising. And I think it's a mixture of both of the things. And as Alex said, against Man United specifically, Werner should have started. And I think the fact that Giroud started gave them the opportunity to have a high line. They know they know Giroud won't be able to run as fast as Werner, maybe not find the spaces. Because Giroud, in my opinion, is more of a box-to-box striker. He'll st- stand in the box, wait for a cross to come in and attack that wait for a pass to come in and attack that. Werner is someone who will run down the flank, maybe dodge a few players and then try and score. And I think that was one mistake that was that, that Tuchel made there, as well as the fact that, again, we're putting out seven defensive players, including a goalkeeper, so eight defensive players out there. So you, we're going to have a bit of lack of creativity. So I think, I think as much as I, under Lampard I said we should try the... Three at the back. I feel like this is not going to work long term, unless we're happy with the draws every game or a very uh, one-sided game. Um, next point on the list. Again, going back to the defense because Christensen, who under Tuchel has had a transformation of Mart. Um, does he? Does he? Is he part of your first team now is he someone who you might see starting for Chelsea next season as well yeah um the way is the way he's performing now you it's hard for you it's hard for anyone to keep him out of any form of starting 11 like any form of variation or any starting 11 like he, he has to be there because his performances have been really good I mean I've always liked Christensen I've always liked the way he defends but there were some mistakes that he made this season early on and I was like, nah, I, I don't think um, he needs to be playing anymore. But it's like he's he's found um, um, like some new form under Tuchel. Whether he probably is because he wants to prove himself, which is also good because if he has been kept out so long that he wants to prove himself and and justify his inclusion. So yeah, he's been very very good. He's, he was he, the, I think right now the games that he has played in the absence of um, Thiago Silva, he's been excellent. In almost all, like he hasn't really put any foot wrong yet, and I hope, yeah, he continues in the future. As long, it will be difficult to even see him continue to start if Thiago Silva comes back. But I mean, he has justified himself; like he's he's proved that he has to be in the starting eleven. So, and Thiago Silva can play every game, so it's good to know that at least somebody can act as a number two for him if he's not available. Yeah, I think I think Mark just brought me into the second point, Alex. Thiago Silva, he's been ruled out, but Christensen has take, taken responsibility in a, in a way. Clean sheets. I think it's it's three in a row now, or two in a row, something like that. And the the only issue that I see within the next few weeks is is if Thiago Silva comes back, how do we fit in Thiago Silva and Christensen in that defense? We know Christensen isn't the best at right right centre back or left centre back, so. Does that mean Rudiger leaves the team, or does that mean Aspi leaves and, and Thiago might start at right centre back because of his experience? Yeah, it's a really tricky decision because I'm not sure if we can. I don't know how uh, 
Thiago, Thiago Silva playing at right centre back. He's quite. I mean, I I don't think he's the quickest centre back in the world, so I'd be a bit unsure of playing Thiago Silva in the right centre back. But Christensen also has proved that he's really strong at the centre of the three. So I, I genuinely do not know. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I genuinely. Uh, I, I mean, if one of them has to go, <laughs> it's probably going to be Aspi because I mean Rudiger. I'm. Mean, I, I, we didn't talk about this in talking points, but you see that run that Rudiger made. From in the first half, I think, yeah, where he ran like about half the pitch in about six seconds yeah. with the ball, and yeah, it's it's not the it's not the most popular thing to say because yeah, really, really, because I mean, Aspie's also been really good, so it's just a toss up between either of them. I would probably, I would actually no, I would probably feel better about dropping Rudiger, but I don't think that'll happen. So yeah, perhaps even ah, oh, I I really don't know. I. Christensen at the moment absolutely has to. We can't drop. If if any of the three can't be dropped, it's Christensen. He's just been playing out of his skin at the moment, and he's contributing to. I think it's two clean sheets in a row. Atletico and uh, Man United because we conceded against Southampton. But he's just playing amazingly, so we can't really drop him. Um, and yeah, the only I, I really am not sure as to how we can fit Thiago Silva back into the team. Unless we he he's okay at playing on the right set of a three or on the left of of a three, but I mean if we perhaps if you played him more left of the three and then also had Chilwell who's a bit more defensively minded who can kind of make up for Thiago Silva's lack of pace perhaps that would work quite well, but I can't imagine us playing like Thiago Silva on the left of a three and then Alonso or Thiago Silva on the right of a three and then Cho would just it doesn't yeah would probably but does that work with system. would that would that work with Reese James because I think he's a m- bit more defensive than yeah than perhaps so yeah yeah perhaps with James as long as we have a yeah if we're going with less offensive wing backs perhaps it would be all right to kind of make up for his lack of pace but I I really I, I genuinely don't know how they can fit Thiago Silva back into the team at the moment because. And unless he can play that right centre back or left centre back role, fine. Which he probably can. He's Thiago Silva at the end of the day. But it's yeah, it's it's a really tricky one. And whether as to, as to who you play against Liverpool, with I think Thiago Silva's back in training now, it's a really difficult decision. Um, I am looking forward to our predicted lineups for sure. Yeah, um, I think I think it opens doors to more problem. I think now. With the attack not functioning, we were trying out different things with playing Kai Havertz, uh, Hakim Ziyech, and now the fact that we've got a defense which has been solidified in a way where all, basically all of our defenders are playing well. So now Tuchel's got a bigger headache um, to deal with. But moving on to Callum Matsunodoye, Mart, was that a penalty by United crying again? Is it? I think I feel like every Man United episode we've done has had one of those discussions with penalty. I don't think we've had a penalty discussion other than that. Yeah, I think before the podcast that we were talking about it, and for me, it's not it's not a penalty. It's not a penalty at all because when you look at the replay, it it's it's it looks like it hits Callum as uh, uh, Callum's hand as well, but it hits um, um, Greenwood's hand first before it hits Callum's hand. At least that's what I saw and. And the reaction of the players usually when when there's a when there's a before VL before VL usually what 
the, the referee uses when he's not close to the action is the, the reaction of the players. And if you look, if you're watching the game, you can tell the reaction of the players that the United players weren't calling for a penalty. They weren't calling for anybody. Anybody can go back and watch the replay and you can see that they weren't calling for a penalty. But the Chelsea players rather were calling for a handball because they saw that it hit Greenwood's hand first. So for me, I, I don't, I don't think it's a penalty at all. I don't know why they were crying, but and Sosha was saying that it's one hundred percent a penalty. I don't know what this time he he looked at it first because when we played the first leg and and Maguire had Aspi in a chokehold, he he said after the game that he has to check it first because he he wasn't sure of what happened. But this time he he, he checked it first. So I don't know. I mean. <laughs> That to me is not a penalty. Some pundits were, were comparing that to, I think, the West Brom game that happened earlier where it hit a player's hand. But with that one, it was very, very clear because his hand was in a natural position and he hit it. He kind of hit the ball. He didn't hit any other player first or anything. He hit the ball and it was a penalty. But with this, it's a different issue because it hits Greenwood. It's, um, um, I will agree with them that Callum's hand was in a, was in a natural in, position because it wasn't in the natural position his hand was out his hand was far away from his body but it hit Greenwood's hand first so if anything the handball should be given before the the, the penalty so in my opinion it, it wasn't a penalty they were just crying for nothing so yeah Alex the comments made after that penalty decision I think uh, Oligan Sosha said it was it was a penalty and then was it who was it who just came on I, I, Luke Shaw, who came on and he said the referee was speaking to Harry Maguire and, and it was tried to create a controversy, try to put the referee in a position, in a, in a difficult position. What do you think of that? I'm not sure what you're referring to there. Yeah, he said, he, he said, he said something like um, the referee told Maguire that if he takes that as a penalty, there'll be so much talk about it at the end. Yeah. 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 It's a very... Uh, Deep thing to thing is it's probably what Maguire's just told them, so it's not like you're saying, "Oh, I've, I, you said it absolutely." So I, I'm really not sure what to make of it. Um, Man United said after that they that Shaw like misheard or something, but because you can't really go and accuse the referee of being of having that attitude. So yeah, I think that's just more one more of a thing for making sure, or more of an argument for getting referees to be mic'd up in games. Because, yeah, I think it would it would definitely reduce the stigma around them by having them all mic'd up, so we know exactly what their thought process is. And yeah, I mean, it's just so ironic, isn't it? That I mean, Ole after the game, he blamed he, he blamed Frank Lampard. Even he blamed Frank Lampard for and the Chelsea website for start for making it seem like Man United don't get decisions or something or gets too many decisions against them or for them. Sorry. Yeah. So. It's an absolute joke. He's he's just in absolutely no position to make any kind of argument about um, referees favouring Man United after the run of. I mean, in all fairness, many of them are legitimate, but there's too many of them, especially against Chelsea. It's like every before this game, I think for about three or four or five games consistently against Man United, we've had questionable or wrong decisions. Maguire kicking Batshuayi in the nuts. Maguire wrestling Aspi to the floor. I can't even remember the other ones, but I think there was recent as recently as well the one with the Chelsea that was posted in the Chelsea website where Maguire throws 
um, I can't remember who it was. And was it a Bryson defender or someone else to the floor, essentially? Yeah. As yeah. they were trying to move and it's just and they've been getting away with it for so so long and to to lose it over such a small thing as that to not recognize their good luck is just so with these decisions they've been getting it's just it's just petty and you don't expect anything worse but anything better from them really because they just don't really yeah they want their all decisions going their way essentially i wouldn't be surprised if man united I mean, if if Man United, if Chelsea somehow, I, I I'm lost. I don't know what I was saying. I was trying to make a joke. Like it just kind of lost, got lost. It <laughs> it went haywire. Uh, no, I think we all know the history with Man United and and officials trying to help them out as much as they can. Was it 17 penalties last season? I know. Yes, Chelsea this season have been getting a lot of penalties, but that's uh, because Timo Werner. Has been doing a great job, um, but yeah, I think I think it's just Man United and their drama. I think as soon as you mention the fact that Maguire hooked on to Aspi, and he, I think he, um, what was it though, the Batshuayi incident as well. If you show him yeah. those two replays, he'll probably just sit there and, and think those were harmless. Uh, yet Adoy's was probably harmful and cost them the three points or the two points. Um, yeah, I think I think overall it's just a Man United theme to do. Draw or lose, and you cry, and if you win, then you you win. <laughs> yeah. Um, one player that sorry, go ahead. Were you gonna say something? Uh, I was just going to make a reference to a meme again, and and there was one that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> there was one that I saw with uh, um, Bruno Fernandez going to the referee, and then there was this caption that. Um, it, it it would give me a penalty, please. I need a penalty today. <laughs> and it was just funny to me. That's all. I think I think I'm, Alex. Should we give a mark the 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 meme manager role? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Congratulations, you just got promoted. <laughs> thank thank you very much. I'll be expecting a, a pay rise soon then. Yeah. <laughs> You can have the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, that's the thing. Every time now I say, um, I just, I just, poof, Mark. <laughs> we're moving on. We're moving on to, uh, I think, ZX. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, ZX. Well, I mean, we've got players who are playing really well in the team. Defense, defensively in midfield areas. Mason Mount, one being one of them. Hakim Ziyech, he hasn't been having, he hasn't, hasn't had a good time at Chelsea so far. And a lot of people are just speculating why that could be, and, and a lot of a lot of what I'm hearing is is that he's still not over the injury, and he's still kind of struggling to make those runs that 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 at Ajax would do, make those skill moves and go past players. And I think he's still kind of recovering from that hamstring injury, and he keeps thinking that he might get another one if he does something like that. Mart, any opinions on that? Any opinions on Ziyech and his, his form in the last few games? And is there a way for him back into the team and in this system specifically? With Ziyech, I think, yeah, the injury definitely adds up to the the, the his um, um, decline in form. But I think mainly the system doesn't fit him. The, especially the system Tukul is using. I think I tweeted about it. The, the system 
isn't really helping him because right now, against uh, Man United, he played behind Giroud with Mount. And even though he was on the right side, he was still um, <clears throat> playing centrally. But, <clears throat> I, sorry, I think that his successes with Ajax came from the fact that he was playing closer to the right wing. And I think that is where he needs to be. Uh, when when Lampard started using him first, his, his good form under Lampard, he was closer to the right. And he was linking up very, very well with um, Reese James, sometimes inter- interchanging with him on the right-hand side. And it was very, very beautiful to see. But after the injury, he couldn't really get back to that same form. So it looks like he's still either carrying the injury or he's, he... he just like Pulisic, he doesn't want to go out again. He doesn't want to get injured again, so he's not giving his best. But in the first half of the Chelsea-Man United game, he wasn't the best. I think he was our worst player on the pitch in the first half. But in the second half, he was better. So I was even I was very, very sup, uh, surprised and a little bit angry that Tuchel took him off because I felt like he was the one, he was creating a lot of chances for us in the, in the second half. He was playing very, very well in the second half, but surprising that he came off instead but I think it's the system the system he 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 doesn't thrive playing right behind the striker you know he 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 excels in giving crosses from the wings cut this kind of like accurate passes from the wings and then cutting in and taking shots but he can't do that when he's playing centrally so it's 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 going to be very difficult for him if we continue playing like this but I just hope we can we can make ch- changes very soon. That that's why I agree with Alex saying that this three back system, although it's been effective, but I don't see it as the way forward. I think we should go back to a four and maybe like Tuko Tuko plays with the four. He has played with the four um, with uh, PSG. He plays with the four most of the times with PSG and even at Dortmund. But I think because of the situation of his um, 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 the, the circumstances around his employment. That's why he's playing a three-back, because he wants to get results, because he was brought in to get results that weren't getting under Lampard. So he wants to focus on getting results and playing um, um, the nice football that he had. He was playing against PSG and Dortmund. So probably we might not see that this season. Probably next season, if he has more freedom to act, he can do that. Alex, your thoughts on that and and a bit about Pulisic, who's also been in a struggling kind of form at the moment. Um, both these players. Yeah, they're just. I mean, it's part of part of the reason is probably because Mason Mount is being played in one, as one of the f- kind of further forward roles. So Pulisic, uh, naturally Pulisic and Zirkel and whoever else is going to play less because Mason Mount has to start. But yeah, I re- I want the back. I want to. I don't think Tuchel will change the system in the short term, but I'd like to see by next season us go back to a back four. And then have Mount as one of the midfielders, so that we actually get some width. Because I mean, Ziyech, I think, yeah, just in a back three, Ziyech also isn't the best because he's he's naturally quite a wide player, and yeah, he's not really that great through the middle of it, or at least from what we've seen of him. So it's and at the moment, Hudson Odoi is kind of more of a wide right forward, or when he's attacking at least. So yeah. I think going back to a back four will probably get more out of Ziyech and yeah, get play Mount a bit further back and have another left. Have, then you have another spot for the left winger, which can be for Giroud or sorry, not Giroud, Werner or um, Pulisic. 
But to be fair, Pulisic's not been that great either recently. In this season, what he scored one goal, I think, against Leeds in the 90th minute when he came on. But he's just not showed anything from his project restart form. And for, until he starts showing it in these cameo appearances off the bench, he's just it's not going to get better for him. But players that do need to come on to improve our creativity are Kai Havertz, is Kai Havertz essentially. And to be fair, Tammy, well, that's one thing we haven't talked about much is Tammy Abraham and how, I mean, he's he didn't even feature on the bench today. And yet three fullbacks did. So it's just, yeah. I mean, it's a bit annoying when Giroud kind of has an amazing performance or three and then he'll put in a performance like yesterday where he just didn't play that well. Whereas, I mean, it would have been nicer to kind of sub him off for Tammy to give us a bit more pace because we had a couple of times where we were on the counter-attack and Tammy's quite good when we counter normally. He's, he is, like, he's not slow. And he's, he's kind of just plays the right pass a lot of the time. So, yeah, would have been nice to see Tammy on as well as Havertz, but didn't really happen. Is that a sign from Tuchel saying maybe Tammy needs to do more? Maybe it's it's time Tammy finds another club. We're hearing yeah. it's it's still the start of March, but we're, we're hearing rumours about West Ham being interested. We're hearing rumours about Everton being interested in Tammy Abraham and, and us buying... Um, Haaland in the summer Amart a lot of fans are saying if Tammy wants to go he can go but if he's a true Chelsea player then he'll want to stay and fight like Mason Mount did even though we signed the likes of Ziyech and Kai Havertz and all of these midfielders and we've got so many midfielders he managed to stay in and, and perform at his best and now he's he's almost an un, he's almost an uncontested player in the team yeah I mean it's 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 funny when I hear stuff like that. People, when people say that if it's a true Chelsea player, he'll stay. But when he was doing well and all that, people wanted him to be on the bench. They didn't really like the academy players doing well, and they wanted people to come in to replace them. But now they are they are kind of like putting the onus on him for him to stay and all that. But for me, the thing is that if he leaves, I will understand it one hundred percent because he's very good. Like we 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 always say that. I mean, most fans say that he's not good enough to be a Chelsea player or he's not good enough to lead us to the um, Premier League title, which is true. In a, in a, in, in, I mean, the second part is true. I don't think he's a bad Chelsea player. He's a very good Chelsea player, one of our best academic pro- uh, um, projects. But the thing is, we need players who have that kind of like aggressive goal-scoring ability. Tammy can be that kind of player. He has, he has shown it so many times. But the thing is that the inconsistency is the, is the issue. If he can keep it up and be scoring every, uh, in every game like he did in the first half of last season, like there will be no issue around the fact that pe- people want Haaland to come in and Lukaku to come in and all that. I feel like with Tommy, in the system works very well. With the players around him, he should be, we should be able to like win the Premier League with this kind of with this current players that we have, everybody is doing well in their positions. Havertz, ZS, Wen, Werner, all of them doing well in their position. There will be no need for us to get rid of Tammy and bring anybody else. But because they are not doing well, so it looks like the the issue falls with him because he he has been taxed to score the goals, and he has been there for I think this is the second season now. So people want to see more from him. 
But for me, he's 23 years. If he wants to go, I'll, I'll understand it completely because he deserves better than what he's getting now because some fans are not appreciating what he has done for Chelsea. There's, there have been some games that he has helped us turn things around, but there are some fans, I don't know whether they have short-term memories or what, but I don't know. They, they, they don't see him. They've given... They've given I, I love Werner as well, but if you are giving Werner all these chances, like you're giving Werner all these kind of supports, even though we know the kind of player Werner is, we've seen his his um, CVs in other in in uh, at Leipzig, and we've seen the number of goals that he can score if he if if he he gets in good form. But right now he's not scoring. He's not doing anything. Um, 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 He's not. He's not scoring. He was brought in to score, and he's not scoring. But we are still giving him the benefits of the doubt. We are still giving him the 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 space to kind of like grow in Chelsea and become good. We should also give Tammy that that same space, but he's not getting it. So for me, if I was in Tammy's shoes, I'll I'll be considering leaving, especially with Haaland coming and probably Giroud staying again for another season. I'll consider leaving because I see him as the kind of player that would excel, especially at Everton or. I don't know about West Ham, but I think with Everton he can very he can do very very well. I think if he leaves, we can we can see him going on the route of um, Lukaku, Salah, those players that left Chelsea and became very very good. I think I think he's one of those players. When he was at Aston Villa, he went on loan to Aston Villa. He was excellent. I think he was their top scorer that season. He was excellent in the Championship, where they played more games and it's, and I think the Championship is even for me. I watched. Some championship games, I think, two years or a year ago, and I feel like it's more, it's even more aggressive than the Premier League. I don't know why. I just feel like it's more aggressive, and they play long and they play more games than the Premier League. It's very tough there, but he succeeded there. He did very well there, but in the in the league, it hasn't really worked out for him that much. But yeah, I just hope we give him another chance. I don't want him to leave. But I just hope we give him another chance. Even if Haaland comes in, I I hope Tammy will be kind of like the second um, um, striker if. Haaland is starting with Werner. Tammy should be that second replacement striker. So I, I just wish he stays. But if he doesn't, too, I'll understand it 100%. Yeah, I think I think it's not ideal for someone the age of Tammy Abraham to be third choice striker or even be competing against the likes of Giroud, who's, who's almost at the end of his career. So I don't think it would hurt anybody if he leaves and Haaland signs, but I don't think it's going to happen because Haaland has a lot of competition with Manchester City and I think they might they might get away with it if they win the Premier League and they have a squad that is eligible to compete and become favourites in the next year's Champions League and I think I think even this year they're pretty much the favourites other than Bayern Munich so um, anything you guys want to add on for the Man United debate Haaland and Chelsea debate or should we move on to Liverpool I'd say if we didn't have Ingolo Kante we probably would have lost I think oh, he, yeah. saved, he saved us the a final of- play yeah, the pretty much the final play as well, but throughout the game as well. On the ball, I thought I was a bit frustrated at times because he played, he misplaced a couple of passes in our own third, which kind of, but it didn't really come. Think Man United didn't exploit that or anything, so it was all right. But def- but off the ball and in terms of winning the ball back, he was just absolutely outstanding. It was like uh, classic Angola Kante essentially today or yesterday. So yeah, no no qualms with him and. Absolutely needs to be starting against Liverpool for sure. Yeah, I think I think it was I think it was criminal that they give Shaw the man of the, man of the match instead of Kante because I think Kante was miles ahead of Shaw. Shaw did very well in the game as well, um, defending for Manchester United. But I think 
my uh, country did a way better job. Like he was, um, he was almost. I I saw a heat map of of his performance after the game, and it covered the whole pitch. Like he was everywhere, and he worked so well with Kovacic. Kovacic also, I'll also give him a shout out because he 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 had a very good game also as well. I think the second half, most of our Chelsea players, the first half they really didn't do that well. I think there's only the defense. The, the defensive line plus the keeper that did very well in the first half, I think throughout the game. But the second half is where most of the players came to life. I don't know whether, um, because Chilwell, Chilwell was better in the second half. Ziyech was better. Kanti was better. He was, he he. I think he was misplacing the passes in the first half, coupled with other Chelsea players as well. But the second half, I think we were, were much more solid. The passes were better. And then, we did very very well in the second half, and I don't know. I I feel like Kovacic's um, ability to come out of tight spots is very very underrated because usually you can see players around him and you feel like this guy is going to lose the ball, but he manages to wriggle his way out of it and dribble his way out of it and 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 come out of it. If if he if he could only shoot, if he only knows knew how to shoot, like this guy would be a complete player because he finds himself in very very good shooting opportunities like shooting positions where he can take shots and uh, sometimes i i see him in those positions and i'm like why isn't mount there why isn't zh there why aren't players that can take shots there but it's rather Kovacic. but i don't know he needs he really needs to work on his shooting game if he if he can do well with shooting i think he will have a very very excellent player on our on our hands he's a, he's, he's already a good player but we if if he can add goal scoring to his game, I mean, he 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 would be instantly world class. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And yeah, Angola Conte, great player. And as as the fans like to say, the earth is covered with thirty percent of water. The rest is all Conte. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think that sums up the review for Man United. Chelsea nil. Man United nil. Chelsea stay fifth in the league. If I'm not wrong. And I would guess that's five points or four points behind. Uh, no, just, just just one point behind West Ham United, five points behind Leicester City at number three, and quite a long way off number one. So I don't I don't think my prediction of Chelsea becoming champions is coming true anytime soon, or at least this season. That's all for the preview. And before we move on to the review of Liverpool, I'll just request everyone who's still watching, make sure to subscribe, leave a like rating and comment below what you thought of that performance against Man United and what could be improved as well for the next games uh, ahead by Chelsea. Okay, and Liverpool. How are we feeling about that, Amar? Uh, let me just pull up the record that they've got at the moment. They have one win in the last five games six in the table one point behind us so essentially whoever wins gets gets bragging rights for the next until the next season. <laughs> yeah i mean it's considering their recent forms it's it's on paper we should be winning that game but again liverpool usually you don't know what to get from them at this season especially since they, they nobody expected them to drop um points as much points as they've dropped so far. Nobody expected them to be in the position that they are in now, but they are there. And I don't know, they, they've they had some injury problems, but I don't really think it's a matter of injury that's probably is part, it's part of it. Yeah, I would say it's part of it, but I think most of the players are also fatigued. Most of them are tired. 
because they've been constantly like the same 11 it's been pretty much the same 11 for like three or four no three seasons so it's, it's i think four seasons and is even so it's definitely going to catch up with them and their injuries too haven't helped but they played very well in their last game i watched a little bit of the highlights and they did very well but still they still had a problem with their their attacking three Feminio money and salah they had a problem with the attacking three so i don't know we we should we should get the win against them we should we should be getting the win against them but it should be very difficult it's very difficult to to determine whether we are going to win or not i just hope and i was also worried a bit because when two started i was thinking that when two and kante started i was thinking that i was thinking that is is it because he wants to rest alonso and Jorginho for the liverpool game or he might use Chilwell and Kante again for the Liverpool game. I'm, ho- I'm very I'm hoping that that he uses Kante. But Chilwell and Alonso, I don't know because I'll prefer him playing Chilwell, but I don't think Alonso will be as like will be a bad option to go with. But with Kante and Jorginho, I'll take Kante all day, especially with the way he pocketed Bruno Fernandes in the Man United game. So I really hope he goes with um McCanty. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think if I see Kante in a certain lineup, I'll be more confident in the game. But for now, I I really can't tell what will happen in that game. I hope we win because we have to win to get a point. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Salah or Mane could be in Kante's pocket by the end of the game. <laughs> Alex, your thoughts on your thoughts on on Liverpool and our chances of winning or even drawing. I mean, it's, it is bit, it's, it is a huge game. There was, I, I, I would go as far to say we really can't afford to lose. I'd be, I'd be okay-ish. I wouldn't feel great about a draw, but I'd be, I wouldn't be upset about it. But we can't afford to lose this game, even though a draw. I mean, if Everton, Everton play before us on Thursday, and if they win, they're going to go ahead of us. So we'll, we'll go down to sixth. Spurs looked like, I mean, it was only one win against a pretty poor Burnley team, but if they're getting their act together as well, they're going to be back in the conversation. But they are quite a few points below us. So I think they're five points below us. But yeah, a win would be huge. And not just for the table, but just to say that are we actually going to try and kick on and try and fight for, fight for fourth and third? Because... West Ham, I don't see West Ham really letting up, letting up or stopping their their charge. They've just been incredible for the past for all season, pretty much. And yeah, so a win would be fantastic because we'd go four points clear of Liverpool and we'd get closer to West Ham and Leicester City. Who I think West Ham West Ham play Leeds this game week and Leicester play. Burnley, so they're probably going to win both their games. So we really do have to win this, or at least draw. But even if we do draw, top four is still going to start to look quite unlikely. And I know it's like, oh, we can't say it's Liverpool is a must win, but Liverpool are below us in the table. They're in really poor form other than their last game, and they've lost the past five games at Anfield. So we're gonna, are we going to be Charity FC? Are we going to continue to? kind of like revitalize essentially every other team that we play against. I mean, like a Southampton in their past 27. So past the nine games, they've, they've lost all of them except for one draw. Guess who the draw is against us. So 
it's just we're a very charity FC at the moment. It would be really nice to go to Anfield in the Premier League at least and win. I don't, I can't remember the last time we went to Anfield and in the league and won. I probably the Denver, but I th- probably it was. Um, I think. 2013, 14, I think. It's been a while. But we need to go there and we need to perform at least. And I'll be okay with a draw, but we really need to get the win, I think, for top four hopes. Sorry. This would be the perfect time for me to say, Alex has mentioned Chelsea losing and we don't associate with that. So if you want to come after Alex after this podcast, (laughs) go for it. Uh, CFC Talk is not responsible. He said this last time before the buy. Was it the before the Bayern game where he said something along the same lines? Oh, no. <laughs> we just can't afford no. to lose. We can't afford to yeah. lose. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just like Liverpool, yeah, then I mean, they're normally uh, up there. But now it's like, the way I see it, to get top four, like, we really need to win the game. Even a draw, if we draw and West Ham and Leicester win, then we've, we'll be four points off of top four. So, yep. yeah, I, I do see it as a must win to get top four, really. Yep, 100% agreed. Um, team predictions. Uh, Mendy and goal, I guess. And then back three guys, would it be... I think Silva does seem like he will be back for this game, but I don't see him starting. So would you want to go with Rodrigo Christensen and Aspi? Yeah. If Silva starts, then I think Silva will replace Christensen. But yeah. but for now, yeah, the, no, same, the, so. the, same, the same defensive line. Yeah, I Alex. Agree. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think. Sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, no, go on. Go on. No, I was what just going to say, I don't think Christensen is going to be left out. If you've got 100% tackling, passing, defending record in a game, I don't think you're going to get dropped because one of our senior players is back. Uh, I, I do see Christensen maybe getting a start ahead of Aspie or either Rodrigo, but I think if Silva does start, then Christensen does have to start as well with him. Maybe. He won't have the best of performances, but I would still give him the opportunity. And he well, might I, even prove himself. Yeah. Well, I remember, sorry, all I remember is Christensen in the home game putting in a disaster class and getting sent off at halftime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, if Thiago Silva is available, then I would definitely start Thiago Silva. Yeah. But it's like Christensen's been playing well, so it's, it's a tough one. I'd like to see Thiago Silva in the team if he can play, preferably a right centre back or left centre back if he can. But otherwise, if it has to be done, it has to be done. We play Thiago Silva for these games. We have sorry, we we have Thiago Silva in our squad to play these games, regardless of the temporary form of some players. And it's a really, it is a huge game, a really really important game to get top four. So I would play Thiago Silva if he's available, but. I think it'll probably be Christensen. And we can be happy about that because Christensen's been on good form. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay, midfield. Uh, Kante and Kovacic then? Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, definitely Kante and Kovacic. I think they are, they are better suited playing against Liverpool that can worry us on, and worry us on a counter, counter-attack and they can press us a lot. And they will, they will definitely press us a lot because they even need a the points more than we do. We want to enter top four and they want to, they also want to enter top four and, also, and possibly maintain a positive image to their fans. So, yeah, definitely playing Kante and Kovacic. But I have I have a feeling he might go with Jorginho, but I don't know. But I, for me, I'll go with Kante. 
and then Alex. Yeah, I would go with um, Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic. But I have a feeling that George, I mean, I'm still happy with Jorginho plays. I don't think he's been too bad. In, I mean, against Atletico, he had a shaky first half, but played better in the second. But Kante absolutely has to play. He's just been fantastic in the past couple of games he's played. And Kovacic, yeah, we'll need we'll need Kovacic to break Liverpool's pressing lines. Essentially, they're going to press us high. So, yeah, we need Kovacic to play. So, yeah, I think the Kante and Kovacic makes the most sense. But you never know. Jorginho kind of always finds a way. He's inevitable. He, can... <laughs> he finds a way sometimes how to, to get into the team. So... It'll be a surprise, but I'll go Kante Kovacic. Okay. Um, front three, are we going with Mount, Werner, and I'll, I'll go with Kai Havertz as well. So those three for me. Yeah, same. Same. Yeah, but, but it, it depends on the, the way he goes. Will he, will he play with two strikers and then uh, Mount behind them or you play with the one striker with Mount and Havertz behind? That's the thing. But I think I, with... Mount and, and Kai behind behind them, yeah. I think that 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 will also be good. Uh, but recently, I've had, I've been seeing a lot of articles floating around. Even I think um, there was one on the Athletic about considering Havertz as a number nine because he has played there. He has he played there for Leverkusen for for some time and he did very very well. So a lot of people are saying that if we can try that and see how how good it will be, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Against Liverpool, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Probably might be too big of a game to start to start playing that particular style, but I think it would take Liverpool by surprise because it's something that we've not done before. So if he goes with Werner and Havertz up top, that will be that might work, but I don't know. So yeah, I'll go with you guys and and play Werner up top and then Havertz amount behind him. So what do you guys okay. think about him or about um Havertz? I'm just curious. What do you guys think about Havertz playing as a striker with Werner? I think what what I what I see happening is Mason Mount and Kai Havertz behind Timo Werner, but I think Werner and and Kai will play as false nine and, and ten, and that's the best place to go with because I think Kai Havertz has that creativity, Werner has that pace, and hopefully that finishing that he can he can um, bring from by uh, from um, Leipzig, and if if that works wonders, then we can continue with that. I think I think there's a big potential in that area for Kai and and Timo together. Yeah, that's true. Have, have we okay. talked about have we talked about the wing back? Oh, no. did I miss that again? Okay. Yeah. Um, wing backs. I think Callum Hudson Odoi, if he's not injured, and then Chilwell or a lot. I think I feel like Alonso might get the nod ahead of Chilwell. What do you think, Amart? Yeah, same. I think Alonso gets. I, I, I'm very after that one. I think he might start ahead of um, Chilwell, Alonso. But with Reese and Callum, I think Reese. I, I'll prefer if Reese started and then Callum came in from the bench because I don't know Callum. I don't know whether it's for me. I see. I've. I, I see Callum's performances as okay. They've been. They've not been that bad. But it looks like he hasn't really. And I think in the last two games, especially, he hasn't really impressed um, Tuchel that that much. So probably Tuchel might drop him and use Reese, but I wouldn't mind seeing him play. But for me, I'll go with Reese and then 
for me, I would prefer Chilwell, but I think Alonso will start. So Alonso and Reese. Alex, what about you? Um, I would go for. It's tough. I, I can't. Re- I don't really want to imagine Kalman Snodoy defending against um, not Salah, Mane. So, uh, but then James hasn't played that well when he's come up against Mane either. So, uh, it's tough. I would go Hudson Odoi for just to, for the purely for being a little more offensive and yeah. I think back five, we're already quite a defensive team. So a bit more pace in the side, put Hudson Odoi on the right. And then for left, I would go Chilwell. But I, and I really, really hope that Tuchel goes with Chilwell. Because Chil- I thought he was good. I thought Ch- Chilwell was quietly solid. Yeah, he was. United. He was. He was like, I mean, towards the latter days of Lampard's tenure, he was. he didn't really play that well. Especially like in 2021, he's I, I cannot remember any time he put in a good performance until yesterday. So I think he's kind of over. I think I saw some articles saying about how he's kind of he admitted they had lost his form and he's just been working on it. And he really looked like a he looked really confident against United. And I would play him. I'd be more than happy to play him against Liverpool. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut this discussion to short, but I do have to leave. I'm really sorry about this. Um, I think that covers up most of the review. If there's anything missing out, we'll, we'll be sure to share on our social media pages. If you want to look at our um, separate lineups, that will be on our social media pages. So make sure to leave a like rating, subscribe, comment below what you think of our preview and our review, and share it with your friends. Um, we're trying to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of this year or the season, hopefully. Um, and make this project into a bigger project so uh, we'd be needing your guys' support so thank you for listening thank you for tuning in we'll see you next time